Pego. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. I hope everyone is doing excellent today. I hope you're doing fantastic today. I hope you're doing swell today. Whatever day it is you're listening to this, I hope it's a good one. Of course, Ferret 64 is the podcast about video game news, occurrences, first impressions, and reviews hosted by me. Yebby the Ferret. I hope everyone's doing well out there today. We got a good amount of games to talk about. We got a little bit of news. We got a little bit of coming soon. So let's jump right in with the first segment of the show, which is What Have I Been Playing This Past Week? So the first game on the agenda today, of course, is Stray. And if you didn't think I was going to be getting Stray, you're dead wrong. (laughs) Um... Stray is uh, one of the more unique games coming out this year. Uh, you know, I've talked about Card Shark and and Neon White in the past, and I think Stray is up there with like the uniqueness of the gameplay and how the game feels and how the game presents itself, the story as well. Uh, there, there's a lot going on in the game um, while also not having a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? Like the the game has so much atmosphere and so much like story beats. And, well, maybe not so many story beats, but you know it's got a lot of that great thick atmosphere gameplay and stuff like that. But it also, you know, it, I mean, you know, there's this grandiose story, and then there's also like you're playing as a cat, you know, and you're going through this kind of like post-apocalyptic world. Um, the game starts out and you're you're playing and having fun and you know you're with like some cat brother or sisters and you know you're going across in this world and you see how vibrant it is and how colorful it is and um, as you go along of course uh, something happens and you fall into a big pit and what you learn to find out is that this is like a big underground world because above ground way long ago i guess something happened was it whether it was nuclear strikes or whatever happened and forced people underground um so all the humans kind of went extinct in this area and now it's just left with robots which was was implied from the trailer and stuff like that that's not a big spoiler or anything like that um but essentially all these robots are kind of left behind to kind of maintain and build themselves and you know it's a very beautiful world that they've built underground here I'm, i've i've only just gotten past like chapter four at the point of recording this um so i, I you know I'm, I'm i'm probably about halfway about halfway through the game and i think it's just so interesting how how vast the world is that they made and how interesting it is kind of going around as a cat in this world instead of being like you know in any other game you'd be you'd be aloy running around the entire map you'd be you know you, you'd be some sort of person some sort of thing uh, that stands on two feet running around this world and and the the, the difference is that you're it's it's just a, it's just a different perspective than you're used to right you're you're going through crevices that you never thought you could go through you know you're jumping on things that you know you probably couldn't jump on if you were a, a larger character and you're you're doing these interactions with like no words at all you're just kind of like you're a cat and people are talking to you and you just kind of do the thing that you want to do you know if a person tells you to go over there and press that button well you could you know, you could just start scratching the carpet if you want to, or you could go to sleep on their pillow or something like that, you know? Um, you can't just 
uh, go to sleep anywhere you want or scratch anywhere you want, right? Um, and I think that's the one thing that a lot of people are kind of like, you know, they're, they're kind of like criticizing a little bit is the fact that, you know, there's a lot of places that, you know, you can't just jump onto something. You have to press X and jump to that specific platform. You can't just jump willy-nilly. You have to wait for a prompt to jump, um, which I understand why people wouldn't like that. To me personally... I think it's fine. I don't. I don't think it's like anything too egregious, honestly. Um, the fact that uh, you still have all this world to explore, even with how limited the jumping is and, and stuff like that, um, it, it it does still impress me a lot. Um, but I just love the, like the little interactions in this game. You know, you you get to the, this like semi hub world for the first in like chapter three, and you return to it in like chapter four or five. I can't remember. Maybe it's chapter two, and then you return to it in chapter four. Uh, whatever. Anyway, you, you you go into this little hub world that's like the farthest down place. You, they call it like the slums, you know, because it's the farthest down place in this underground world. And, you know, you meet all these robots and you can kind of interact with them, do different things to get them. You know, there's a, there's a few side missions you got to do in the area that aren't really labeled as side missions. But, you know, you can do them if you want to, like collect music sheets for the one guy to play. And the music is really interesting that he's playing and it's very beautiful. Um, there's also plenty of different things to interact with. Like you can, you can meow at someone and they'll drop a paint can, which will open up a door for you to go through down below. And you know, there's all these different things you can interact with and do. And, and you, you can trade items with a, with a vendor and, and stuff like that. There's all these different things you can do in the game in just this little hub area. And it's just, it's a very well built, you know, hub area that, that I think is, is very impressive, especially for the, how, unique the this the, the whole game is in general you know you're, you're exploring this hub world in a in a totally different way than you would like i said if you were aloy if you were the guy from ghostware tokyo if you were a character in elden ring you're, you're exploring it as a cat and that's just so cool to me and so unique you know and like i said you can you can scratch things like you can scratch walls you can scratch rugs you can go to sleep next to robots or just you know wherever you can you know um there's i think there's a trophy for sleeping for an hour <laughs> So, you know, that's the, that's one thing you can do if you want. Um, you know, and, and the other nice thing about the game, I mean, the graphics are beautiful, obviously. Um, I, I think that the graphics got a lot better once you went down to the slums. Um, I think it was a little bit rougher up top, but that's, that's a nit, nitpicking at this point. Um, but I mean, the graphics are really, really good, beautiful graphics in the game. Love, love how they did. I mean, the animation on the cat itself is actually also really well done you know like they they definitely took their time to get this animated cat to mimic a real cat in every single way that they could very impressive there um the main enemies you fight these like blob things i forget what they're called uh i'm blanking on the name right now they're like a basic enemy they they just kind of like f they chase you and they try and jump at you in a straight line um, so, you know, the puzzles will involve you kind of, you know, zigzagging out of the way of these things or, you know, getting to a higher place that they can't reach or, or just kind of running away from them in general, um, which is, has, has been pretty good. I mean, obviously the earlier puzzles are going to be a little bit more basic than the later puzzles. Um, but I haven't gotten, like I said, I, I, I'm at like chapter five or something. So I, I, you know, I, I, I can't really comment about later things in the game, but it seems like things are starting to get more interesting as the game goes on. You know, you get this flashlight that can kill the enemies, but it only has a charge for a couple of seconds 
Um, you know, you're just doing all this cool, this cool stuff, and you're meeting a lot of great characters too. Like these robots, even though you know they're they're all robots, and you wouldn't think that they would have distinct personalities. I mean, everyone does really have a distinct personality. I mean, the one guy's wearing like a komodo with a with a hat on. And he has like a, and there's another guy with like a, a messy wire for hair, and he's got like the he's got like a a rainbow face. Uh, there's another guy who's like a doctor. He's got like this crazy like Doc Brown hair, and he uh, he wears like a lab coat and stuff. You know, they're they're you know these robots are have taken on more human like personalities. And one of the cooler things in the game is, you know, they they try to remember these these humans not as their masters but just as like beings you know and and they're like taking care of the plant life and stuff like that you know and i think it's really cool like i said i think the world building and the atmosphere of this game very very good um and i think the gameplay in the game is even though it's a little basic at times i think it's pretty pretty unique i think that it's a, a more unique game um that, that has come out recently you know um, just for the fact that you play as a, a cat alone, like there hasn't really been a game where, I mean, sure there's cat lateral damage, but you know the, the cat thing is like secondary to just kind of being like this stupid game where you push things off shelves, right? Where in this game you actually uh, you feel like a cat. <laughs> it really makes you feel like a cat. <laughs> uh, one of the things that enhanced the the uh, gameplay is the haptic feedback and stuff on the PS5 controller. Um, one of the main reasons why I wanted to get it on the PS5 rather than getting it on PC was because there's a lot of things that going on with the controller itself. So the rumble and stuff like that has those those the the vi that that HD rumble and vibrations when the cat's sleeping, you can feel the purring in the controller, right? Um, there hasn't really, I mean, the the, the haptic trigger or the the trigger the adaptive triggers. Um, you know, they they've really only been used for like when you're scratching something, which you know feels kind of good. You know, I I enjoy that. Uh, and I think they do a good job with the controller in general. I think that this is one of those games that, like, yeah, it utilizes the controller nicely, um, and I think that it's worth it to get it on the PS5 if you have a PS5 because it does enhance the experience a little bit. So, yeah, that's a that's a plus. That's a plus. Um, other than that, I think I've said all that I need to say, honestly. Um, I, I'm just in, I'm enjoying my time with it. Uh, I think that it's been a, a very fun time, and uh, I would suggest if you like, you know, a 3D platformer. I mean, it's not like I said, it's not gonna be like a game that's gonna be like, oh, the this 3D platforming is so in depth and unique, right? It's 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 it definitely more of like a a basic platformer, especially because of the fact that you have, um you know, prompts to jump to things and stuff like that. So it's not going to be the most interesting of all the platforms that you've ever played, but it is a fun and unique experience that I think um, it was definitely worth the wait and worth the hype that was generated around said game. So if you want to check this out, Stray, PS5, Steam, you can check it out there and uh, let me know what you guys think of the game uh, whenever you want to let me know what you guys think of the game. <laughs> Um, alright, let's go ahead and move on to the next game I want to talk about, which is Madison, or Mad Eye Sun, as I like to call it, <laughs> because, uh, M-A-D and S-O-N are all caps, but the I is lowercase, so it's Mad Eye Sun. <laughs> no one else is laughing but you, Yemi, okay. Um, this is a horror game, first-person horror game, it's kind of in the same vein as something like, 
not, I mean, kind of Outlast, but, you know, Outlast was definitely more flowing. It definitely had more things to do. I mean, it's one of those games where you're kind of like you're trapped in, in, a, in a few different areas for, for lengths of time. So it's kind of like Resident Evil, kind of, like Resident Evil 7, except you don't have a weapon. Um, or it's kind of, you know, like I said, it's kind of it's got the same vibes as like a Layers of Fear or something like that, where you're in this area, you're you're working the, the unlock doors and puzzles and stuff like that, and you're trying to get through, and, you know, you're getting jump scared every so often, and, and eventually there is, you know, something that's kind of following you around, right? You know, you're, you're trying to get through these things. For a game that I was going into going, okay, let's see how it is. I'm not sure about this game. You know, you're using like this, 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 um, camera film, uh, not film, uh, Polaroid camera to take pictures of things and whatever to, to keep, to give you hints and stuff like that. I was going into it going, okay, it's going to probably be like an hour long experience and you know, whatever, but you know, it's, it's much more in depth than I was thinking. You know, I was watching Briar LaCroix play it, um, not too long ago and that kind of, you know, showed me a little bit of how the game is, but once again, I thought like, you know, it's just like, what, it's going to be like an hour or two experience, you know. It's definitely been a lot longer than it's thought. It's definitely been a little bit more in-depth than than I was expecting as well. Um, there's a lot of really cool things about the game that um, you don't really, you know, you're not going to see in the trailers or other people's gameplay, you know. Um, I'm using the PS5 version, so the uh, controller actually does have, it, you know, it mimics, it mimics the, the trigger, mimics taking a picture with the Polaroid, you know, the, the vibration is really nice on it. Um, but the main focus of the game is you are this character who uh, is trapped in a room because i don't know i think his their 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 father or something disowned them and they're like you know whatever crazy people um so you have to kind of go and make your way to your grandpa's old house which is connected to your house for some reason and you start there and that's kind of where things start uh, you, the, the the mystery starts unraveling and you know i think the game description even says like you you're helping a demon you know, uh, you're helping a demon do a ritual to, to release them back into the world, and you you kind of have to go along with it since you're trapped and whatever. So you actually use this Polaroid camera to solve puzzles. You take pictures of stuff, and things will happen. So, you know, one puzzle was, like, you got to take a picture of the guy with the Polaroid camera in the in the frame, and it'll, it'll cause things to happen. Um, you know, it's one of those games also where, like, you leave a room... And then you go back into it, and something's different, right? So there was one time where you know I was just I was just I was flummoxed. I was like, "What the fuck do I do?" And I'm walking around this room, walking around this room. I left, went into a different room, came back, and there was a door there that wasn't there before. You know, stuff like that will happen. Which, um, you know, it, it's it's a little bit annoying for me, but I also like, okay, I get it. You know, it's one of those types of games. Um, you know, I think Layers of Fear did the same thing, and and a, and a lot of times in that as well. Um, and you know, you're, you, you have like an inventory system as well. So, you know, you're grabbing, you know, like a hammer and, um, you know, you can, you can view all your photos and, and stuff like that in, in order to kind of get through it. And you do have like a safe that you can use to store unneeded stuff or things that you might need later, you know? Um, and so far, I mean, the puzzles have been pretty good. Uh, I think, you know, one of them was a bit weird, <laughs> um, but, I don't want to like go in depth and like reveal it, but I feel like there are some puzzles that are really interesting and they did it really well. And there's other puzzles where it's like, Oh, just take the sheet off the grandfather clock and boom, there you go. You know? Um, 
but yeah, so far, Madison, pretty cool, pretty spooky. You know, I think they do a good job with, like, the the sound effects and the atmosphere of the game, you know, subtle musical cues and stuff like that, along with, like, the, the louder stuff for the jump scares and stuff like that, because there are a few of those, especially early on. Um, I think the story so far is, is pretty pretty interesting. I don't want to go too in-depth with it, but essentially, you know, you're uncovering this mystery along with doing these satanic rituals where, you know, there's, like, a murderer who once lived in the house, and they, uh, you know, you kind of learn the story of that murderer through all these, like, you know, news clippings and, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh, very, very cool. I love how you use the Polaroid camera to kind of solve puzzles. I think that's really cool. You know, you take a picture of a number on the wall or a combination for a door lock, and you can bring it up later to to remind yourself what it is, you know, and you don't really see that a lot in games. You kind of have to memorize things your own, yourself, or, you know, you have to, um, you know, write things down and stuff like that. So this game gives you that way to to use the Polaroid camera in order to remind yourself of things. And you also use the Polaroid camera to pick up collectibles as well. There's blue and red photographs that you just take a picture of. And it's like a really lame collectible, but it's also like, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 in general, I think that's just a fun, a fun, um, not full. It's a scary, scary, spooky experience. I definitely want to play more before giving like full thoughts about it. Um, but it's definitely been a good time. Uh, Mad Eisen. <laughs> I guess I would give it a recommend to people who want kind of like a spooky first person horror kind of experience. Um, and I think that's definitely got a little bit of, you know, it's got that uniqueness in there of having like that, the camera um, to run around and, and, and take pictures with and solve puzzles with. I think that's one of the cooler things about the game and one of the more unique things about the game. I also find it funny that if you hold the Polaroid camera, you use L2 to bring it up to ready it to take a picture, you actually walk faster. So I've been using that as like a pseudo run button in the game because there's not an actual run button in the game. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, I've I found a little bit of a I don't know if it's a glitch, but uh, you know I found a way to kind of run around a little bit faster, which I I very much enjoy. All right, the next game that I want to talk about is As Dusk Falls. Uh, this is a game that's on Xbox Game Pass actually. If you want to try it out, it in it's you know they they revealed this game at the uh, summer games fest and i initially was like ah oh, you know the you know i don't like how it's presented right and i'll get into that a little bit more and yeah i mean i started playing the game and i'm like this is so weird it's just so weird um essentially you're playing as you, you play as two different characters throughout the game um one of them is like a father and he's named i think his name is vince and you know you you're on like a road trip across the country to St. Louis to move to St. Louis after some weird thing happened uh, with your old job, right? You get you got fired and you know your career's on the line so you got to move somewhere else and you know you take like a you take a settlement payment for the accident that happened that you weren't really a, a you know you weren't really uh a part of but you know you get blamed for it, right? Along the way you stop in some place and i think it's arizona i <laughs> it's one of those it's one of these desert places with not, not much around and you know you, you get like a flat tire and so you uh you know you stop at the local motel and you get a room um and uh, you know on the opposite of that you play as this, this teenage kid who's a part of this kind of like 
I wouldn't say crooked, but you know, like this 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 family with a with a dad who loves gambling too much, and they got to pay back a debt, right? So you go and you rob the police chief who has a lot of money, you know, and you steal his little black book that he has. Um, that that shows all the different money, you know, the the, the the Ponzi schemes that he's going on. With. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, you know, it's one of those things that's a very, uh, very straightforward story. You know, it's not it's not too it's not too in depth, honestly. Um, and I, I think that's one of the things about the the, the game that um, that that I kind of have a criticism about. You know, it, it's it's a, you know it's one of those telltale like like games. Not exactly telltale. It's more so narrative driven. So you know, there's no like movement on your part, but there are quick time events and you know dialogue options to choose. And the one positive thing I will say about this game is the dialogue. The branching dialogue is actually really good in it. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do. It's almost got on the same level as Detroit Become Human in that way. And it does seem like things do go in different directions when you do choose this or that you know um and i think that's one of the things that i usually criticize about these dumb telltale games is because you know even though you're making all these different decisions you know the same outcome basically happens every single time even though you're choosing a bunch of different things well this time around it seems like there is a good amount of change happening throughout the experience and you know they show you the little like tree the branching trees and stuff like that you know the butterfly effects and you know there are a lot of feelers going out of this you know the main story that you are going across and i like that that makes this game it's totally worth playing at least once or twice right but the thing that I really don't like about the game is how it presents itself. Instead of there being animation with the characters and, you know, all these, you know, all, all the things you would normally expect, there's still images and you switch between still images for the characters. And this makes for sometimes a very awkward experience where you feel like the expression of the character doesn't really match what they're saying or, you know, the, the movement of the character, you know, they, they fade out and fade in to change positions and stuff like that. So it just doesn't look right, you know, like the, the sound effects are happening, the character's making noises, but things just on the screen don't look, you know, as as good as I was, was hoping it would. Um... And that's that's the thing. It's, it's just it's a very distracting art style and a way that presents itself, especially when characters who are two D are interacting with three D objects. You know, there's there's a part where uh, a dude who's two D is is driving away, and you can actually, you can actually see him in the car, and the car is like turning and whatever. It's like okay, so if you wanted to make this look better, you wouldn't have had the car turn. You would have just had him in the car and drove straight. But instead, you made him turn, so now it's really weird looking when he's turning, right? Um, and you know. <laughs> that's the thing it, it, the, pre the presentation is the worst part of this game which is which is you know fine i can get over that right um because i do i do think that the story is okay i don't think it's amazing like i said the best thing about this game is how it branches itself off from the main storyline but i'm not like i'm not super into like the story and the things that are going on but I am super into how things are changing as I make decisions and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, there are still things that kind of end up about the same, you know, like, you know, there's there's a there's a choice you make. You can either send your your grant, your uh, your dad who got a head injury uh, out to the police or you can send your daughter out to the police and you could do like a yeah, there's like a prisoner swap or whatever. Right. Um, so if you choose the grandfather to go out there, your, your daughter's left in the building, or if you choose your daughter to go out there, your, your grandfather's left in the building. It feels like towards the end of that, the same kind of thing will happen where it's like, okay, the daughter shows back up at the end anyway. And you know, you have to either choose to take yourself with the, with the, with the thieves, or you have to choose your daughter, you have your daughter go with the thieves, which is kind of weird. 
But that's the thing, like, it is a branching path, so you can choose either or. It's not gonna, you know, it's not like a Telltale game where it's like, oh, you decide to save this person, they're dead next, you know, they're next, dead next to the, the next scene, you know, stuff like that. Um, so in general, I think it's a, uh, an okay experience, you know, it's it, the, the, the distracting part is, you know, the you know, the way that the game presents itself. Other than that, it's, it's fine. You know, it's, 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 it's not the same as any other, you know, story-based narrative kind of thing. Um, it doesn't have the same interactivity and stuff like that. I mean, the quick time events are, are pretty easy. They don't go too fast. They go a little bit slow in my opinion, actually. I mean, and it's mostly like if you're using a controller, it's joystick motions. If you're using a mouse, it's mouse movements. There's not, there's not, there's not a lot else, you know, there's a little bit of button mashing in there, right? Um, other than that, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. that's like, yeah, it's fine. It's it's fine. It's not. It's nothing. That's it's nothing that's making me jump out of my seat and go whoa. But it's also nothing that's like making me sit in my seat and go, I'm so bored. Please end my life, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's it, it's 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 just okay in general. If you want to try it out, like I said, it's all it's all it's available on Game Pass. Uh, so if you want to try it out before diving into it, you know, and buying it if you want to buy it or whatever, you know, you can try it out. Uh, uh, as wait, what's it called? <laughs> I, I I get it confused. As dusk falls, as dusk falls, you can check that out. Um, but yeah, if you, you know, like I said, it's fine. It's fine. It's nothing too crazy, but it's just fine. Another game that I've been playing this week, I know there was a lot of releases that I wanted to play, and there's still more that I haven't gotten around to, um, is Hell Pie. Hell Pie. This is a game that I played at PAX, and I was really interested in it. Um, it's, it's, um, you know, it's kind of the opposite of Stray. You know, it's a, it's a 3D platformer, obviously, uh, but it does have the fluid motion that you really want in a 3D platformer, right? And this, and, and Hell Pie does have a good amount of move move maneuverability and unique concepts to make it stand out from the crowd of 3d platformers and one of the reasons for that is because you have the, this little cherub that you get very early on who can actually be suspended in place and you can use him as like a a swing almost and you can get you can jump farther you can upgrade him to have multiple swings in him and stuff like that that's one of the most unique things of the game so you're playing as this like demon guy and you you get you get pushed into a um a scenario where you you know the big like hell bash is coming up or whatever and there's supposed to be a pie made by the chef and the chef doesn't have the ingredients he needs so you got to go out and you got to find all the ingredients for the chef and you know it's, it's a collect-a-thon essentially right it's one of my favorite types of games i love collecting things so it's a collect-a-thon you collect little orbs to purchase things in the shop you collect uh, cans of meat to upgrade the cherub you collect little golden cats for gluttony and i don't or not maybe it's not gluttony maybe it's lust greed uh, whichever one he is uh you collect those things i don't know what they do yet but you collect those things you also collect like little unicorn goats or whatever and those will actually um upgrade you as well as you collect those you'll get new horns which i'll talk about in a second um there's also collectibles uh for um oh what are they uh, well, of course, there's the main collectibles, which are like your jiggies or your your stars. Um, you collect like the different in disgusting ingredients. So one of the first ones you collect is like a rotten egg or, you know, uh, and there's also one that's like a, a, a poopy tampon. Like there's just a bunch of like this game is meant to d just make you 
disgusted, right? They don't, they don't, they don't want you leaving this experience going, oh well, that was a fun and charming experience. They want you to leave this game going, wow, that was a disgusting and disturbing experience, right? And that's the thing that they do really, really uh, well with. I mean, it just, it's, it's so. It's so gross, right? But I love the uh, graphics and I love the aesthetics of the game. Like they definitely put a lot of work and heart into making these areas look fun and unique. And you know, like you know, there, there's of course like the the first island you go to, which is like this tropical paradise, but it's also not really a tropical paradise because you know they like they you know the inhabitants are like slaughtering whales and stuff like that. And that's one of the main points of like the area is like, hey, there's a bunch of whale guts everywhere and dead whales. Um, and but it's also a very tropical resort, and there's fish people, and there's snail people, and there's crabs, and you know all these different things. And then there's like a sub area that you go into to get your one of your um, to get the dirty tampon, I guess I should say, uh, where, where the poop they're they're like fascists. So like there's there's like kind of like Nazi imagery, but not really Nazi imagery. You know, it's like a, it's it's the red with the circle, and, a, and there's like a piece of poop in the middle, right? It's like a it's it's just making fun of 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 that. So, you know, there's 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 a whole sub area where you're just you're fighting poop and you're trying to save the these like really fat guys who are being enslaved or being killed by the poop fascists. Right. And so there's there's all this like I, I call it fun, you know, but some other people might call it disgusting or disturbing stuff in there. Um, and I think that really in general, it, it like it, presentation alone, this game is worth playing, especially if you like the more grotesque kind of gross cartoony kind of games you know like you know conquer's bad fur day is a good comparison because you know that's a game that presents itself as like a cutesy 3d platformer from the n64 era but in actuality you're, you're running around drunk you're pissing on people you're fighting shit monsters you know conquer's swearing and, and stuff like the drinking milk and stuff like that you know so you know there there are there are things like that uh there are games like this that exist like hell pie um and i think this is like a modern day kind of like conquers bad fur day almost but even more even more gross you know um but yeah you play as the you play as this little demon guy you're doing platforming you're jumping around you're collecting things um and then there's also these different horns that you can get right now i only have two different horns the first set of horns you get reveals like uh points of interest on in the open world which is nice and the other horn that you can get right almost right away is one is, is these horns that have like jets on them so you can run faster, essentially, which is really fun. I really like doing that. Um, I'm not sure what else there is right now because I haven't gotten that far in it. Um, Hell Pie was the last game that I played before recording this, and I had a very busy weekend so far. Uh, but I definitely am hooked. I'm sold, I guess you would say. Um, I was sold at, at PAX, you know, with the, the, the presentation of the game and how f- unique the the platforming is i was sold on it but now that i played the full version of the game um i I feel like it's definitely worth picking up Uh, i don't think that this is on xbox game pass but it's available everywhere if you want to check it out hell pie i definitely 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 really am enjoying it and i definitely want to play more of it i think that's been a very very fun time and you know me i'm a sucker for platformers and i'm also a sucker for collectathons i love collecting things and this game is right up my alley um and i think that i think it's kind of going under the radar honestly at this point because there's not a lot of people talking about it and i feel like you know hell pie is going to be one of those kind of sleeper hits uh this year along with like card shark and and stuff like that Uh, i can't say i can't say uh neon's white's going to be a sleeper hit because video game donkey talked about it but you know um i think hell 
Hell Pie is going to be one of those games that not many people are going to talk about, but I think it's going to be a very fun game to get through and, and finish up. And if you want to check it out, I would suggest doing that. I think there is a demo available on Steam, and I think you'd literally go through the uh, the poop fascist section. So if you want to check that out, make sure you do. Um, that was Hell Pie. There's also some games we finished on stream this past week. Both of them were PS3 games. Um, so the first one we finished was uh, Ratchet & Clank Into the Nexus. And I'm just going to go over these really quickly. Uh, Into the Nexus was fun. I enjoyed my time with it. I honestly thought that it was better than, um, like, uh, you know, the quest for booty. But it wasn't as good as a crack in time or uh, tools of destruction. I think that it was kind of like, it was under tool, it was underneath cra a crack in time. I, honestly, my ranking of the PS3 Ratchet & Clank games, you know, at the top is uh, tools of destruction, then a crack in time. And then below that is... Um, uh, into the Nexus, and then uh, the quest for booty, right? So the the reason why it's so low, even though I liked it so much, was because the game was just super short. It was like a six-hour experience. There was hardly any unique aspects to the game. I understand why people didn't like this one. You know, there, there's no there's no, there's no, no open worlds to explore, really. I mean, there's one area that is, that's a big area, but, you know, it's not really that interesting to explore the area. There's not much to really do. Um, a few of the levels are very straightforward. There's really no off the beaten path types things at all um there is this there is the gauntlet that you can do but then again you know it's it's only you know it's it's very basic stuff we didn't struggle with hardly any of them the only one we struggled with was this one where you had to use the boost the hover boost to like boost across platforms and it just was kind of janky but other than that we got through it very quick very easy um to say i'm a little bit disappointed is is, is a little bit of understatement because i thought that the game it, it had a very fun selection of weapons my favorite weapon being the one that was like a christmas weapon it, it froze enemies and turned them into like snowmen and then the, when they died or exploded they would send out gifts of like raritanium or bolts and stuff like that um and there was a good like the weapon selection in this game was very very good very very charming loved all the weapons in this game honestly and i, I you know i can't say that a lot about all of the ration clank games like this one actually had a very good weapon selection but the campaign was just too damn short when we got done with the halfway point in the game i thought that was the end of act one i thought we were only like 25 percent through but it was actually the halfway point and there was only two more planets to explore and I was just I was just bewildered when I was doing the final boss fight, and I'm like, this is awesome. This is a really good boss fight, but goddamn, if 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 it's not brought down by the fact that we've only been playing this game for like six hours, and this is the end after this, right? You could tell it was the end. Um, it, it did have a nice send off for the the Ratchet and Clank series on the PS3. The developers definitely knew that this was going to be the last Ratchet and Clank game on the PS3, even though it still had like another year or so to go for for uh, for it. Um, so they had like this whole museum that went through all the PS3 titles, and, and even Deadlocked was in there too. Uh, um, and then uh, it, it was like a big celebration of both the PS3 and the PS2, I guess you could say, because there was there was games from both generations on there, um, even the more obscure ones like Quest for Beauty and Deadlocked. And I thought that was very nice of them. And the credits was all like a celebration of Ratchet and Clank through the years. It's almost like they knew that you know once the ps4 came around that they were going to be rebooting the series so you know i think it's really nice of that they did that you know it's a very nice send-off it's just i wish i wish there was more to the game i mean there's like four or five plants you can explore one of them is the is the is the is the is the gauntlet area so there's not really much to it and the other one is the final area which doesn't have much to it either um and it's just kind of disappointing in those ways. So, you know, I liked it better than Quest for Booty, but it's below the other Ratchet & Clank games we've played so far. I would even probably put this below Deadlocked, honestly. 
Um, even though I, well, hmm, maybe maybe it would be above deadlocked. But you know, the the fact that there is not much in with this game. I mean, it's 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 a PS3 title that barely has any content in it, and then you know, it was sold for full price when it originally came out. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like. Ah, I can't really recommend this one, but I would recommend it because it's so good at times, and the story is actually pretty good, all things considered, even though it's really quick, and the weapons are amazing, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I would recommend it, but I also be like, I would also say, like, don't pay too much for it, because it's really not not that much going on, right? So, yeah, Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus, not bad, but also not good. And we also found out that we've been playing them in the wrong order. Still, I thought that the I thought that Into the Nexus was after a crack in time, but no, Full Frontal Assault is after a crack in time, and also All for One is after a crack in time. So we're still playing the games completely out of order. But hey, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we started with a crack in time, so you know you can't really, I don't know, you can't really say anything. And then um, we also finished Infamous Two, uh, which. You know, I was saying that I didn't like it as much as the first game, and I still stand by that, but I think that's still on the same level as the first game, honestly. You know, like that C-tier kind of thing. I think the climbing is still pretty bad in the game, um, and I think that the enemies just have way too many health, even like the basic bitch enemies. Just like, they take forever to kill, and I don't, I don't, I don't know why. You know, I'm, I'm shooting fucking lightning rockets and grenades at them, and they're just getting back up, and la-di-di-di-da. We fell off, a t- off, off of a giant skyscraper. I'm still alive down here, and you gotta come down and kill me if you want to continue the objective, stuff like that. I also felt like Infamous 2 has, has fewer... Um, you know, Paragon and Renegade things to do in the main story. It seemed like there was only like three or four major story beats that 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 you needed to choose a side on, and uh, I didn't I didn't completely agree with the final, um, the final thing because you team up with the person that you've been going against the entire time. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, so there's Nix and Quo. And Nyx represents the, you know, the the bad karma side of things, and Quo represents the good, you know, the good side of things. And in the end, they flip-flop. Nyx goes with the good side of things, and Quo goes with the bad side of things. It doesn't make sense to me at all. That's the thing. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it was it was a very confusing ending in that way. Uh, like, I, I kind of pseudo-understand the reasoning behind the character's motivations, but it's like, I feel like it should be flip-flopped, you know? I feel like we should be fighting with Nyx to destroy the beast so that we don't cure everyone. Or, or, well, I think if you destroy the beast, then you do cure everyone. And if you don't destroy the beast, you transform all the remaining people who have superpowers into superpower people and save humanity. I can't remember, but if you activate the race sphere, you're going to kill all the people who have superpowers. I, it's one of those things, it's like, okay, I understand why Cole would go with the option to, you know, you know, go with the beast and kill people, right? But I think that Nyx would have been on his side. The, the, the reasoning that they give for Nyx not being on your side is the beast kills her monster pets or whatever, and that's the reason why she's not on your side in this. And it's like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it at all. So Infamous 2, same level as the first game. I like the first game better, though. So, you know, take that with what you will. Um, and honestly, I don't know. 
I, I do want to play the opposite side of these things because I've never played the evil side of Infamous 1 and 2. So it's nice to go through those as like a fresh thing. I do now want to go back and play the positive side again because I'm a little bit fuzzy on those things in a lot of ways. So it's, it'd be interesting to compare and contrast how they work. I do want to play Second Son before I do all that first. So uh, we'll do an evil run of Second Son whenever that gets chosen. And then, you know, we'll go back through the series on with, uh, with positive karma and we'll see how different each game is. Um, but... Yeah, you know, uh, Infamous 2, I mean, it's fun to go back and play these games. I mean, Infamous 2 is still a good game in general. I mean, it's not the most amazing game ever, especially by today's standards. But, you know, I think that in general, it, it's a it's a fun experience. Um, and I, I just I just wish that, like, I, you know, the enemies were, I wish the enemies were a little bit less annoying, I guess. And I do wish that there was more uh, choice in the story, you know, there's, there, cause there, it really felt like there was only like four different things that you could really choose good or bad on. And that was it. And then I, I feel like in the first game, there was just so much more choice for positive and negative karma. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it is just me. I don't know. But yes, uh, Infamous 2, it's fine. Would I recommend going back and play it? Sure. Uh, if you haven't played the series uh, or maybe you've only played Second Son, I think that the original two Infamous games are definitely worth going back and playing as long as you can find them for a reasonable a reasonable price. Um, but Infamous 2 is definitely a little bit weaker, in my opinion, than the first game, but they are kind of still on the same level. Okay, let's go ahead and switch over to what's in the news. <clears throat> All right, so if you didn't know, Sony, PlayStation put out a video about The Last of Us Part 1 and how there's a bunch of different things happening with the remake of the game. Um, to me personally, I know I know there's some people who are like complaining about like how the gameplay looks and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I, I feel like... The problem is, like, I just feel like everything looks fine. You know, I, like, I think it looks good in general. Like, I don't, I don't really agree with a lot of things that people are saying. Uh, I do understand, like, yeah, they, they definitely... I mean, when they show the this footage side by side, they've definitely rebuilt aspects of the game from the ground up, like character animations, um, facial animations. Like I said, um, you know, like different parts of the city are also rebuilt, and and they've been given more uh, a more gritty feeling or or more realistic feeling to them. I mean, you know, when you look at the original version of the PS3 game. You know, obviously they, you know, they had to cut back on a few things, you know, like lighting effects and, you know, just like how detailed they could be on like the fauna and the buildings and stuff like that. And when you look at this, the footage side by side, and there's a good video with that uh, on a YouTube channel called El Analista de Bits. Um, they put out a pretty good video showing side by side comparisons of like these different scenes, and yeah, the 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 remastered version definitely looks a lot better, um, even though there's some you know, animations that are reused. I don't know why they would have to redo every single animation. I think that's another thing that people are, like, really complaining about, which doesn't make any fucking sense to me. It's like, okay, they reused an animation. Look at fucking Elden Ring and tell me that they didn't reuse animations there. Why aren't you Why aren't you fucking complaining about that? But you're going to complain about The Last of Us reusing a fucking drawing a bow back animation. How many different ways can you draw back a bow in a fucking game? Like, it makes no fucking sense. But that's besides the point. I think the game looks fine. Obviously, they're playing... Uh, the the ps5 version with you know no hud enabled and stuff like that so there's definitely gonna be a little bit more on the screen when you're looking at things uh they also said that you know they they changed uh they they improved how the ai works even though in the original game you know the ai was still pretty um 
was was really competent actually like they they actually like would flank you and stuff like that it seems like they have a more of a part two vibe to the to how the the characters are working and how the enemy ai is working uh like i said the major improvements are just like lighting graphics and character animations and facial animations stuff like that that that's that's like the biggest improved part of the game you know the water is also really really improved too like they they showed some side by sides of like the old water with the new water you know ellie falling from um that uh that um that rafter or whatever and falling into the water like that looks really good now um you know they they got like uh you know you can also like see farther in the game you can see more detail in the game from farther away you know there's there's things like that that you know obviously needed improvement for the first game but it wasn't holding the first game back from being a great experience which it is it's a great experience i love i love the last of us part one will i be replaying this this year i won't probably be replaying this this year but you know maybe maybe i will i don't know i mean i do like to play games when they're new and, and fresh um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, like, like I said, it, you know, the game looks fine. The new stuff they've done to improve it looks good. I'm not going to really complain about gameplay and stuff like that until I see a little bit more. I mean, people are commenting about, you know, stuff from, from, uh, from, from like a leaked video footage of like an alpha build of the game or whatever, or, or whatever it is. And I'm like, you know, it's hard to really like judge a game based on like leaks, you know, like, I feel like. I feel like leaks are going to be misleading in a lot of ways. I mean, that's kind of what happened with, um, uh, like, oh, fuck, I can't even remember the name of the game at this point. But there was, there was a few games in the past that had some leaks, and people were like, oh, I don't know about this. And then when the game came out, I was like, oh, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> don't know what's going on. Uh, one of the other biggest improvements about the game is how many accessibility updates there are, or ups, ups, accessibility things there are about the game uh, that's one of the biggest things about this update you know the original game had barely any accessibility updates and, and features but in this one it seems like everything from the second game is here including um combat accessibility um the, the slow motion weapon sway reduced enemy perception uh, enemies don't flank screen radar cinematic descriptions Traversal audio cues, combat audio cues, audio volumes, cue glossary, navigation assistance, ledge guards, traversal assistance, enhanced listening mode. Uh, you can also turn on a, a button that says, you know, you can skip puzzles and stuff like that. Things for people who uh, need these types of things. You know, you can, you can, you know, you can decrease motion blur. You can increase your field of view and you can do all these different things. So very, very interesting, very cool, um, you know. Uh, I think that the accessibility options are pretty good in the game, and they did a good job with that. I'm I'm just I'm just interested in seeing the game come around. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of back and forth in the community right now about this. And even though I feel like they didn't need to make a remaster for this game, um, it does bring it up to the level of part two in a lot of ways. And I feel like if you want um, if you want both of these games being available. In the current gen, I feel like they kind of had to do this, especially with how Part Two is like a completely, like, wholly you like different experience from Part One in a lot of ways. So I think this is just bringing Part you know Part 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 One up to specs, and I think that it's going to be a good remaster. I don't think that they should be selling it for full price though, um, but hey, that's just me. So let me know what you think. You know, let me know what you think about the Last of Us Part One. If you want to check out that video, it's on PlayStation's YouTube channel, of course. All right, there's a few multiplayer or multiplayer aspects of games that are being shut down. One of the biggest ones being Killzone, uh, Killzone Shadowfall. Uh, the multiplayer servers are being shut down, and the standalone co-op mode called Intercept, 
which has been available on PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Services for a while, is also being shut down as well. The PS Vita game, Killzone Mercenary, and the PSVR title Riggs Mechanized Combat League are all going to have their servers turned off on the 12th of August, 2022. Um, this will leave only the single-player campaigns of each game available after the shutdown. This also explains why Intercept is leaving the PlayStation Plus Extra in the near future on the same day, presumably. Um... I, I mean, they just, I mean, the, the developers, Guerrilla Studios, they just kind of chucked it down to there's not enough people playing the multiplayer versions of these games. Uh, Shadowfall is a very early PS4 game. You know, it, it it's it's crazy that the game has lasted this long on, with servers being online. And it's funny because there's also games like Infamous 2 that still have the online community there and that the online still works. You can still download and play you know, user-created maps and stuff like that, user-generated content. Um, a game like Riggs, Riggs was one of the original PSVR games. It gave me motion sickness like no other, and I never played it again. But I could also understand that being shut down. I mean, there's there's probably not a big multiplayer community for the PSVR right now, especially with the PSVR 2 coming soon, you know, uh, or whenever that's coming out. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, other, other, uh, services that have been shut down recently, multiplayer services have been shut down, include everybody's golf, freedom wars, soul sacrifice, and little big planet, uh, which means on online connectivity has been shut off for those games. So any trophies related to the multiplayer will be unavailable after the 12th of August on the games that I talked about before. Um, so if you want to finish up some trophy hunting, you, you're probably going to want to do that now rather than later. And, um, they're not. It's not like they're gonna, you know, remove those trophies from the game. Unfortunately, so if you haven't gotten any multiplayer trophies for those ones, uh, maybe it's time to jump on that and try, uh, or not. You know, I'm not big. I'm not a big trophy hunter anymore. So what do you know? All right, moving on. LeBron James and Rick and Morty are both joining multiverses when it drops on uh, what? What was it? July something, or maybe not July. LeBron James is coming in July, July 26, but Rick and Morty are going to be la uh, added later this year after the game reaches season one. Um, so, you know, we don't know precisely when Rick and Morty are going to be shown off, but we do know that LeBron James is officially in the game. Now, it's kind of a weird addition. I mean, you know, uh, but then again, it's also not a weird addition since they already have like a Game of Thrones character in there and stuff like that. So, you know, LeBron James being in there and he was, you know, the star of Space Jam A New Legacy, you know, maybe I would have rather have had Michael Jordan, but you know, whatever. LeBron James is in here. A lot of his moves moves consist of his basketball, so you know, dunking, throwing the ball, etc. You know, it's you know, it's, it's a move set that you kind of expect from a basketball player. <laughs> um, his voice lines uh, are also, I mean, they're pretty good. I, obviously, they couldn't get LeBron James to voice his own character because that would probably cost millions of dollars. But you know, they got someone who sounds pretty alike you know it seems like um and you know I, I guess i can't really comment on the character until he actually plays him but you know, i think he i think he looks fine his his different costumes are a little bit weird like he has like a cowboy outfit for for his other costume which doesn't make any sense i don't even think he wore a, co a cowboy outfit in the movie so i don't know but anyway lebron james is coming uh soon to the game on the 26th and rick and morty are coming later when uh season one drops for the game also, if you're interested in how Multiverse's progression system works, uh, you're going to be using a lot of money, uh, a lot of in-game currency to unlock cosmetics, different characters, and stuff like that. There will be a battle pass that'll give you some money and, you know, some extra things as well. And there's also a paid battle pass, which has premium content like different animations, different character skins, and stuff like that as well. Um... 
you can use gold to also you you get gold from like finishing games i think you get like 100 gold per game or something like that and i'm sure there's gonna be like challenges and stuff you can complete as well uh but you can use gold to unlock characters uh as well uh, or you can use the in-game currency which is called like glimmer or something like that what the fuck was it called hold on let me let me fast forward a little bit what the fuck is it called gleam gleamium now the thing they wanted to, the stress was that gleamium can't be used to unlock uh upgrades for characters upgrades for characters is only unlocked with the in-game currency for gold so that makes it not pay to win sort of kind of even though you still have to pay for a character if you want to, un to unlock them faster um, but you won't be able to unlock character upgrades with the gleamium which is nice you know they also said hey there's gonna be no loot crates or loot boxes in the game as well which is also fun as well also nice as well it seems like they're taking the model from like fall guys and fortnite that they that have done in the past and you know um there's there's two different tiers for the battle pass there's in-game and, and outside currency um so if you want to you could you know pay an extra you know five bucks to get a character or you could just play the game for a couple of hours or a couple of days and, and unlock a new character and if you want to test out a new character before you unlock them you can also do that as well so you might be a little bit confused you might be going yummy i thought this game was free to play but there's versions on steam and 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 p and playstation xbox that for forty dollars fifty dollars sixty dollars ninety dollars and yeah, there are Founders Editions for the game, so you can unlock characters early as well and unlock like bonus skins and stuff like that. But the game still will be free to play and there will be a base roster of, I think it's like Batman, Shaggy, and Wonder Woman that you'll be able to play as a, at the beginning. There might be a few more, I, I'm not sure. Maybe Harley Quinn, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't gotten access to the beta yet, but I think the open beta starts on the 26th, so that's nice. I'll probably be talking about this next week, uh, next, next episode. Um... So yeah, I mean, I think it looks fine. Um, I, I, a lot of people are, are have a lot of a lot of good things to say about it. Um, there's the you know there's the uh, sexy Harley Quinn outfit in there too that I want to get. Uh, so you know there, there there's a lot of there's a lot of fun things to be had in this game, and I think the one thing that like makes it separate from something like Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl is the voice acting. Obviously, it's starting with voice acting. They got voice acting for the characters and stuff like that. Um, so you know, I'll I'll talk about the game in general probably next week because. You know, obviously, I don't have access to the to the uh, the private alpha or a private beta or whatever it is yet. I know it's easy to get the stuff for it, but I just don't have time right now. And when it's available for everyone, that's when I will play it. Uh, but yeah, for right now, um, you know, just that that's all the information about the progression system and stuff like that. It seems like they're gearing up to, to fully release the game soon. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. It's pretty cool stuff indeed. All right, remember Exo Primal? This is a game that was shown off during um, the Summer Games Fest, and I thought that kind of looked, kind of looked a little bit cool, but also kind of was kind of bizarrely weird. Uh, this is the game where you essentially you you use uh, mech suits to kill dinosaurs. Um, so it's kind of like a Left 4 Dead anthem type scenario. They showed off a video on PlayStation's YouTube channel that just kind of goes over all the different dinosaurs you'll be fighting. So there's of course the Velociraptors. There's the flying pterodactyls. There's the um, the the ankylosauruses who are like spiked and they have like a club for a tail on on their tail. Uh, there is the Pachycephalosaurus, which are the guys with the hard heads who can who bump into you with their hard skulls, right? Um, there's also the Triceratops, of course. You can't have a dinosaur game without the Triceratops or the T Rex. Uh, of course, you can't have a dinosaur game without a T Rex as well. Um, and there are also different versions of each of each beast called Neosaurus. 
um, neosaurs, which are just like advanced versions of the games uh, of the enemies. So there's like a gas neosaur, which is a raptor with an exploding back. There's a sniper neosaur who just kind of shoots goop at you. Um, you know, there's different versions of like the there's a there's a neosaur uh, pterodactyl. Uh, who has who has like fire abilities and toxic abilities you know there's there's a molten version of the neo ankylosaurus and stuff like that it just kind of looks i mean look it looks like dumb fun you know uh, i think that just kind of looks like dumb fun the mech suits i i, I do want to see a little bit more in depth about the mech suits um but uh you know, I think it looks fun. It's coming next year, so you know you have a little bit of time for that. The stinger—I almost forgot to mention—the stinger at the end of the uh, of this little trailer that they were showing off. You can actually capture and control dinosaurs with one with one of the abilities for one of the suits. So you can actually control a T Rex if you want in the game, which of course is a big selling point for a lot of people. So you know, it looks uh, you know it looks pretty fun. It's pro- it's probably going to be a mostly a co op game. Um, but maybe they'll have some single player content in there. I feel like they should have a bit of single player content. But I would actually I would understand if they don't because it, it definitely looks like a a game that they want you to play co op. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, you know the game looks fun, and I definitely want to check that out when it comes out next year. We got some sad news. The 3DS and Wii U eShops have a closure date now. Um, it was just revealed. It was revealed of I, I don't know earlier this year that the stores would be closing in March of next year, but now we have a specific date for both of the of the consoles uh, for both the DS and the Wii U. You will no longer be able to add funds on the 29th of August this year. And as and on March 27th of next year, you will no longer be able to make purchases. Uh, so if you want to buy anything, you got to do it before August. Um, or if you have funds on your account, you, you want to make sure you buy things before March 27th of 2023. You can use a voucher code right now, SAVE10 at checkout in the U.S. Uh, right now, if you want to try and, and snag some things for a little bit less of uh, price. I do believe... That you'll still be able to download things from the store. You just won't be able to purchase things anymore. So if you have games that are you have bought digitally on on there, like you know, like I think I bought SteamWorld uh, Quest. No, I bought SteamWorld Heist on my DS a long time ago. I'll still be able to download that. You just won't be able to buy like the DLC for it or buy the game in general. Uh, so make sure you get all your purchases through at this point. Um, but this is also one of the uh, you know one of the uh, the perils of of uh digital games is uh, the stores can shut down and you'll also lose a lot of those games that are only available on the 3ds i mean the 3ds is a is, is a very unique console or handheld uh because it has that touch screen and it has two screens one's a touch screen one's a main screen you know um and the wii u you know has has the game pad i mean there's more games on the switch now at this point but you know it has that game pad and stuff like that so i guess get your purchases in now before it's all over all right, we got some delays here. The first delay is Themesia, which is like the uh, action RPG Souls-like experience that got a demo earlier last month. Um, they said that they are going to be pushing the game back about a week. Uh, and in a update for the game on Steam, they said, We are 100% committed to making Themis- Themesia the best experience possible, and those few extra days will allow us to do this by implementing changes and fixes that were asked for during the demo. Uh, so that's from the developer's official statement. Uh, Themesia, Themesia was originally supposed to launch on the 9th of August, and now it's been pushed back to the 18th. So it's about a week uh, later. Um, if you want to check out, I think the demo is still available. 
on on Steam at least. I'm but I'm not 100% sure. I played it. I thought it felt fine. I didn't think it was anything amazing honestly, but uh you know, it it, it, it seems like it was fine. Um so if you want to check out the game, you know, you can you can check out either like a the demo on Steam if it's still available or maybe a video of the of how the game works. Um it's kind of like a, it's got a cool little aesthetic, you know, it's kind of like got a it's got like that uh Bloodborne type aesthetic, but it doesn't play like Bloodborne at all. So don't go in there thinking that. The other delay we have is the Avatar game from Ubisoft is delayed until 2024. Um, they said it was supposed to come out next year in their in their initial thoughts, but now it's supposed to be coming in 2024. People are thinking this is going to be the next Beyond Good and Evil 2. Will it, will it never release? <laughs> well, I mean, with games like Dying... Uh, not Dying Light. Um, Dead Island 2 kind of propping up, and of course Skull and Bones is going to be released this year officially. I don't think that that Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is going to become the new Beyond Good and Evil 2. I mean, Avatar is still too big of an IP to fail, right? And there's a new movie coming out, so they're probably going to be working harder on the game to get it up to snuff for the people who are going to be pouring in from the movie sales. Um, but yeah, Ubisoft, there is still a Ubisoft Forward uh, supposed to be coming in September, so you could still see maybe something about the game in that, uh, but they have officially delayed the game from 2023 to April of 2024, apparently. So there you go. Other Ubisoft news, they've uh, they've canceled four games. Uh, two of the games were not unannounced games, so we don't know what they were. They could have been anything under the sun from Ubisoft. Uh, but they officially canceled the Splinter Cell VR game, which was announced for the Quest. Uh, and then they also um, they canceled the Battle Royale Tom Clancy game called Ghost Recon Frontline. Uh, so, you know, I remember when that Frontline trailer came out, I really shit on it hard. And maybe I, maybe I was the person who got the game canceled because I shat on that game so hardcore. I don't remember what episode that was. Uh, but it had to be when when it was originally uh, announced earlier this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, to I mean the Splinter Cell VR VR game would have been pretty cool, you know. I'm I'm kind of sad about that. The Ghost Recon Frontline, nothing really lost there, you know. Uh, but once again, we don't know what the other two unannounced games were. So maybe they were Prin the Prince of Persia games. Maybe it was a maybe it was a new Splinter Cell game. Maybe it was uh, one of the new Assassin's Creed games. Who knows. We do know that Ghost Recon Frontline was pretty far in development. I mean, the, the, the trailer they showed off had a lot of gameplay and stuff. Um, at least with the Splinter Cell VR game, we didn't really know much about it. Uh, but with with Ghost Recon Frontline, I mean, that was pretty far into development. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy to see that get canceled. Um, but they did confirm we're still working on Prince of Persia, and we we already know that Skull and Bones is coming around this year. Uh, and of course, we're getting that live stream, so maybe we'll see a, something about the future of Assassin's Creed in there, and maybe they'll reveal that they were working on a Assassin's Creed game that got canceled. Who knows? Probably not. All right, Infamous Second Son, um, the Cole McGrath DLC, uh, which tied the second game to Second Son, um, is now free for everyone. Uh, it was this was originally a part of 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 the Cole Legacy DLC, which is only available with the limited edition of Infamous Second Son. So if you missed out on this DLC because you didn't get the limited edition with the hat and stuff like that inside of it, uh, now you can get it for free on the PlayStation Store. Uh, the developers, Sucker Punch, also said that they are working on getting Fetch's DUP outfit for Infamous First Light free and available on the store as well, uh, but no updates on that just yet. They just said that they are planning on doing that or trying to get that to happen. Uh, so if you own Second Son, you can go ahead and download the Cole's Legacy DLC. Like I said, this is a DLC that links the two 
series, you know, the, the old, you know, the Desmond game and the Delson game, not Desmond. <laughs> what am I, I have Assassin's Creed on the brain, uh, the Cole game and the Deslin game, um, together. So there you go. You can check that out now. Uh, we'll probably be playing that DLC on stream because I've never played that before. So there you go. Pretty cool stuff there. Uh, PlayStation 5's Roller Dome, they talked about how the DualSense controller is going to work in the game. Obviously, it's the bare bones, not the bare bones stuff, but it's, you know, the basic stuff, you know, haptic feedback and adaptive triggers, uh, feedback on, like, explosions and stuff like that, and when you shoot your gun, of course, there's adaptive, the adaptive triggers will make it feel like you're actually shooting your gun. Um, the thing that I'm most interested in about this game is the gameplay. I'm not so much concerned about the haptic, you know, the controller stuff, the DualSense controller stuff. Um, they also said there's going to be 3D audio with the game as well, if you want to use that. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Roller Dome. It's still expected to come out this year, right? Um, uh, I don't see the release date on here, and they didn't show it at the end of the trailer. But I'm pretty sure it's supposed to come out later this year. It's a console exclusive, so, you know. Uh, but I'm, I'm really interested in this, uh, so whenever that does come out, I'm definitely going to be picking that up. And uh, Mario Strikers, you know how much I love the new Mario Strikers game, Battle League. They had an update. Uh, so this update came out already. It added Daisy and Shy Guy to the roster of characters. And they also included a new uh, gear system called Knight, the new Knight gear system, all new gear system. And then there's also a new stadium called Desert Ruin that you can play in. Now... Here's how much they care about the game. Listen to the audio for this fucking for this fucking video they posted on Twitter. It is so compressed. Like listen to that. It is so compressed and sounds terrible. It sounds the sounds awful. I don't know if you can hear it, but it just sounds terrible. Um I have. I also need to try and remember not to delete the desktop audio for that segment. Uh, but yeah, uh, pff, like I'm. I don't care about this game anymore. This game is. It's one of my least favorite games this year so far. It has no content. It, it's weaker than the other entries in the series. It's just a bare bones fucking sports game, just like Mario Golf when it originally released, just like Mario Tennis Aces when it originally released. It's just another game that it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be playable and fine in the future, but right now it's not worth getting, especially for full price. And it kind of is annoying that they. I mean, it's not even an, a, a month after the release of the game, and they already have a character that I wanted, Daisy, in the game, and they have more customization and more places. You know, more more places to play at. You know, more more stages to play on it's fucking stupid just delay the game a year if you don't have the content ready for it it just doesn't make sense to me so yeah mario strikers battle league you got some new uh, a free update whatever and finally for today's um news mini metro's developer has responded to a knockoff that was released on switch so if you don't know mini metro is, is, is the same thing as mini motorways, essentially. You know, you're, you're guiding your, your subway tracks and making them connect so that people can get to their jobs, right? Uh, there's a new game called Mini Subway that is available on the Switch eShop. And uh, the Mini Metro people came out in a statement and said, As a small indie studio, we recognize that our own successes are in part due to the standing on the shoulders of giants, and that part of the creative process involves taking inspiration from others and making it your own. Seeing people take inspiration from from our games has been an amazing experience, but of course, there's a difference between inspiration and plagiarism. We owe it to our team to defend the work we've invested so much into. 
So we evaluate every report of copycat or clone versions of our games to assure to assess whether they breach our trademark. While we also try to reach out to developers first, if required, we will take legal action. It's a joy to see our game inspire others and to make their own. We are nothing if not sympathetic to the hard work of fellow indie devs, but the work should be inspired by, not copied from. And that's actually a very good final point to their statement there. Um, if you look at the screenshots of these two games side by side, they use the same color scheme. They use the same shapes to deter- to tell you which, you know, which subway is which. Uh, they use the same kind of like white background, very, you know, very minimalistic aesthetic to the game. Um, of course, it even has like the same kind of like information displayed on the screen as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a very it's very much just a straight copycat of the game, which is very unfortunate because, you know, Mini Metro and Mini Motorwaves, two very fun little games, you know, very, you know, they're, 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 they're chill, laid back kind of games. You just kind of, you know, do your thing. And it's kind of unfortunate that that this mini subway game just completely ripped off the idea and kind of made it their own. And I guess that's just kind of like a that's just kind of like a a criticism for gaming as a whole right now. I mean, the eShop, PSN, um, and Steam they have all these games that are just like shit indie titles. Like they're just shovelware uh, on a mass scale. You know, you got like fifteen puzzle, you know, fucking pinball games coming out. You got like twenty fucking shit games they're just like press a to fucking drop a quarter into a piggy bank like there's a whole bunch of those on psn for trophy people you know it's just it's just a trophy horror game you get the you get the trophy and you get the platinum in, in, in 10 minutes you know or whatever that's like the main selling point so the gameplay is awful and the game is awful but people buy it in mass because it's an easy platinum trophy that to, to add the boost their collection right you know um and that's one of the things that i don't like about the current scene of, of video games is just there's so many shit games coming out over and over and over again you know on fubar ferret i talk talked about these porno games that are coming out and they're all practically the same kind of experience where there's no gameplay at all even though they boast about the gameplay and it's just a bunch of still images that are animated and it just looks terrible and if you want more context for that of course you can listen to the other podcast that i do fubar ferret for that but you know it's one of those things it's like the, the state of gaming right now is kind of concerning to me with how many games are just being pushed out onto these store sites especially how how these games are leaking onto playstation and and, and the eShop. i mean these are two places that curated their games so hardcore especially during the early time of like the ps4 and the the switch and now it's just letting anything go on which is why games like mini subway can exist it's why games like the pig the pig p can exist online you know because there's really no checks and balances uh that or maybe there's not enough restrictions on 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 the types of games that can get out there you know so yeah, as of right now, I do I do side with the Dinosaur Polo Club, who are the creators of Mini Metro. It seems like this Mini Subway game should be shut down, taken off of the of, off of stores, and if they have to, I would be I would agree with them um, suing them. And finally, for today's news, I think I said that accidentally before. Finally, for today's news, Gears of War, the development studio for Gears of War, is hiring a lead mission designer for a Gears of War title. In the description, it says the Coalition, which is the developer of the Gears of War series, the Coalition is seeking an, an inspiring, highly motivated mission design lead with a proven track record of delivering highly engaging, high-quality campaign experiences in games. In this position, you will work with the campaign director and level design team to design the campaign experience, its pacing, its rewards, and the features surrounding it. Now, we're not sure if this is exactly Gears of War 6 or if it's another spin-off game like Gears Tactics. Um... 
Gear 6 seems like the most logical, especially for how the description of this works, but there are several unannounced games in the Gears of War IP or franchise that are uh, uh, right now being worked on, Gears of War 6 being one of them, or Gear 6 as it's called now. Uh, but yeah, that's that's exciting. You know, I, I like the Gears of War series. We just played through the uh, original Xbox 360 games, um, so, you know, the only stinker out of all those was Gears of War Judgment, as you may or may not know. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where the series goes after this, and uh, of course, I'm excited to see this game, you know, Gears of War 6 come around eventually. Uh, Greedy Waffles has been playing through Gears 5 again on his own, and he says that it's, it's, it, it holds up pretty well, so I'm excited to replay it eventually uh, on stream when when that happens. So, you know, if you want to check out the the uh, the posting for this, you can go to the, um, you can go to, I, I don't actually know where they posted this. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's in, it's in one of their links. I think it's on, oh, it's careers at Microsoft.com careers.microsoft.com. There you go. You can apply now if you want to. All right, let's go ahead and switch over to what's coming soon. All right. Odd world soul storm has an odd, optimized edition for the switch coming around. Um, so this, uh, this edition of the game is we'll be able to be downloaded either digitally or physically. There's also going to be two collector's editions for the game, which is kind of interesting. Um, right now, there's no release date yet, but we do know what's inside of the pre-order bonuses for for these games. So the limited edition includes an, an embossed metal case with 24 cartridge slots to store your games, three art prints, and of course, a limited edition version of Oddworld Soulstorm. And if you want the collector's edition... Uh, that comes with the same things I just talked about, in, and, and also a mining company keychain, an exclusive silver hero figurine, uh, a tribal sticker sheet, Abe's hand tattoo, and a premium hardcover 160-page art book by Pixin Love. So if you want to check that out, uh, you can actually pre-order it now, but once again, there is no release date for the game yet. And uh, there is really no gameplay shown off for Oddworld running on the Switch yet, so maybe hold off until you see that as well. Um, this actually follows the release of Oddworld's new and tasty on the Switch back in 2020. Uh, so if you want to continue the series, you can pick up Oddworld Soulstorm. Um, when I played it, I thought it was good. I just didn't get capped. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. You know. I don't know. It, I just didn't really. I was excited for the game, and then like I played it, and I was like, oh, it's really not my thing, right? But uh, yeah, you know, you can you can try it out on Switch eventually. All right, a game called Robo Revenge Squad is bringing robot battles to the Switch in August. I don't know if this game has already been released on other platforms. This is actually the first time I've been I'm, I'm heard I'm hearing about this. It's supposed to release on August seventeenth. Uh, in this game, you fight with you call you you actually fight cooperatively with other players if you want to, or you can go, you or you can battle people in 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 arenas. But the main point of the game is to defend against the alien invasion, uh, and you you can kind of create your own your own robots a la robot wars or you know things like that um, but essentially uh your mission is to kick metal butt deploy to the mission area to reach your target there's big bad aliens along the way and there are bigger badder bosses there are puzzles and special objectives from cranking cars to de demolishing doom towers and you also have to evacuate meet a worthy challenge in mission-based campaigns that end with boss encounters Arm up with and find your play style. Do you prefer melee or ranged combat? Will you rely on basic attacks or special moves? Are you a defensive player or a Leroy Jenkins? Decide and jump straight into the action or solo with friends. I'm sorry, jump into the action solo or with friends. Wreck hundreds of enemies, deactivate force fields, set up explosives, or even go fishing. 
Do everything it takes to liberate the planet, and don't forget to evacuate once your mission is complete. Unlock tons of parts and cosmetics, and put the style to in the, put the style in play style. Level up and unlock tons of new gadgets, weapons, special devices, and cosmetics. So yeah, I think that's kind of a fun kind of looking game. You make your own robot, and you put on the types of weapons that you want to use. Um, like I said, it, it's coming to Switch. I don't think it's coming anywhere else right now. It looks like it's a Switch exclusive, and I don't know if it's already on Steam or something like that. But Robo Revenge Squad looks kind of fun. Um, it's got like a top-down perspective for your characters, uh, but it looks kind of fun. So um, definitely check that out if you're interested. Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered is has a release date now, and they detailed some of the things that are going to be exclusive to the PC version. Uh, so the release date for the game is going to be on the 12th of August. It's going to cost $60. And in the game, there is going to be some better shadow effects in the game. There's also going to be an un unlimited uh, FPS if you want an unlimited... Um, unlimited uh fucking frames there's also going to be an ultra wide mode ultra wide display uh, available for people who use that there's going to be better ray tracing reflections in the game uh they also said that there is going to be uh nvidia dlss ai performance boost and also ai enhanced quality image quality as well um so if you want to try out any of that stuff on your on a high-end pc you can do that and uh, like i said the remastered version of spider-man is coming to pc on the 12th of august 2022 uh, marvel spider-man was number two that year it was just below god of war 2018 um so you know if you want to check that out i would definitely recommend it especially if you like spider-man it's definitely a good spider-man game um the recommended uh pc specs 1080p 60 fps medium graphics preset uh nvidia geforce gtx 1060 60 gigabyte or amd radagon x rx 580 for gpu cpo uh, CPU, not CPU, CPU, in, uh, an Intel Core i5 or an AMD Ryzen 5, RAM, 16 gigabytes of RAM, Windows 10 64-bit operating system, and about 75 gigabytes of storage, and they recommend an SSD for that. If you want the ultimate settings, 4K, 60fps, uh, ray tracing, very high, NVIDIA GeForce RTX 380 or an AMD Radeon 6950, and an Intel Core i7 or an AMD Ryzen 9 uh, and 32 gigabytes of RAM um, with 75 gigabytes SSD as well. So there you go. If you want to check that out on, on Steam or on Epic Game Store, uh, that's coming soon. Also coming soon is the TMNT Cowabunga Collection. Uh, that'll be available on the 30th of, of August. It's finally got a release date for that. Um, coming off of the shoulders of Sh Shredder's Revenge, you can go back and play any of these retro turtles uh turtle games including games all the way back in the game boy nes snes and genesis eras um it also is going to include the rewind function as well save rewind and, and more and if you want to check that out like i said it's coming on the 30th of august uh tmnt cowabunga collection three new games are coming to the uh snes and nes service on the nintendo online service uh the three games are Fighters History, Kirby's Avalanche, and Davia Deva Story Six Imperial of Nersartia. <laughs> uh, all three of those games are going to be are actually available now. If you are from Japan or if you have a Jap Japanese a Switch account, uh, you will be getting the Famicom remake of Kirby's Super uh, Star Stacker along with Fighters History and Davia Story Six. So there you go. If you want to try those out, they're available now. 
And, of course, we got some Xbox Game Pass stuff here. Here's uh, some games that are available to play right now on Xbox Game Pass, uh, including As Dust Falls and Watch Dogs 2, along with MotoGP 22, Sins of Solar Empire Rebellion, and Torment Tides of Numeria. And then also on the 29th of July, you'll be able to play Inside. So I would definitely recommend playing Inside. It's a short but sweet game. Really, really good game. And then uh, games that are leaving Xbox Game Pass at the end of July, we have Dodgeball Academia, Katamari Damacy Reroll, Luminez Remastered, Amino, and Raji and Ancient Epic. If you want to check those games out before the 31st of July, make sure you do that now. Xbox Game Pass. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ferris 54. If you want to check out the other things I do, Fubar Ferret, the, uh, the show about everything and everything and everything in between anything and everything and everything in between uh also film freaks with, with a z at the end uh we talked about um kiss kiss bang bang on the latest episode and the next episode is about uh blade runner and that featured our friend obi-wan kenobi general kenobi um so if you want to check that out that that'll be available next week um and of course ferris 4 comes out weekly uh, video game news and all that. So if you want to check me out, um, that, that you know, Fair 64 episodes are usually released on Sundays when I after I record them and edit them, of course. And then if you want to check me out on Twitch, I stream on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Right now we're playing Warhammer 40K Space Marine. And then right now uh, it looks like in our poll for what game I should play uh, along with that, uh, it looks like... Gears of War 4 is actually winning right now, um, and that poll will end whenever I say so. Uh, so if you want to check that out, uh, like I said, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, twitch.tv slash yummytheferret. And I also have a YouTube, a TikTok, Instagram as well, and that's all at yummytheferret, of course. Thank you once again. I'm Yummy the Ferret, and I'm out of here. Have a good rest of your day, and I'll talk at you next week. Bye-bye. The Ferret 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include NintendoLife.com, PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.